Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Sacktown Movie Buffs. Once again, I'm Kier, and this is Jason, and we are back with another one of our top 10 films of the year. Uh, so we are moving right along. We started with 1995, and we are up to 2009. So we're moving right along. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's going. It's going good. Been going good. It's been a lot of surprises for our top tens. That's for very. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, this will be our top ten films of 2009. The first part. Um, so once again, on our first part, we do our number ten uh, through number six, and then we'll do a second show where we do our number five through number one with our honorable mentions. Um, as always on the first show, however, uh, we also do a challenge film, which we gave to each other. So this is a film for uh, 2009 that Jason challenged me to see that he's seen that I haven't seen. And then vice versa, a film that I've seen from 2009 that I've seen that he hasn't seen. Uh, always is always easier for him because he sees more movies than I do. So it always makes it a little bit easier. But uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Well, we do have a lot of films to cover, so I said we just kind of just get right into it. So let's sure. get into it. Uh, we'll start with the challenge films. I'll go ahead and start off with you if you want to kick it away. Um, yeah. So I challenge you to watch a film for 2009 that you hadn't seen, and that film was Public Enemies. So tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah, so this is a movie that, you know, as soon as I was, you know, filtering on Letterboxd the movies I hadn't seen from that year, I knew you were going to pick this for me because I remember you liked it. And I always wanted to see it. I just never did for whatever reason. Because, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a Michael Mann movie. And Michael Mann's one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, this one, I, you know, when it, when it came out, it just didn't look like a, like, my kind of Michael Mann movie, I guess you could say. Uh, not that I didn't want to see it, but I just kind of let it go by and then I never circled back. So um, it is a Michael Mann movie. Uh, it stars Johnny Depp as John Dillinger, uh, you know, the famous gangster and bank robber. Um and um, long story short, I liked it. So I'm glad I finally got a chance to watch it. Um, I will say, it, uh, you know, to me, it's it's just not a Michael Mann movie unless there's like neon lights and skyscrapers, you know? So, uh, but I still yeah. liked it. You know, there yeah, still he, some... he, he doesn't do a whole lot of like, like I wouldn't say this is a period piece, but a whole lot of older, oh, older. Piece. Oh yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot of like older, older films. You know what I mean? For for one, most of his films are more usually, you know, like Manhunter and kind of Miami Vice and kind of moving forward that in that capacity. He doesn't do a whole lot of like older films in that in that capacity. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I liked it. So it's not it's not in the upper echelon for me. Not with uh, you know uh, Heat and Manhunter and. Uh, 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 collateral thief movies like that, that I really love, but it's a good solid movie. It reminded me of kind of a lot of the, uh, the untouchables, that kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm not a huge fan of the untouchables. I wasn't a huge fan of this either, but I mean, I did like it. Uh, it's a, yeah. Now the untouchables, <laughs> is, you know, it's, okay. uh, <laughs> well, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good movie. I thought Johnny Depp was good. Um, I thought, uh, you know, Christian Bale was good. No, nothing about it really blew me away, you know, like some of Michael Mann's other movies. Uh, but it was a good, solid movie. And I didn't even mind that it was two hours and 20 minutes long. It was pretty well paced. You know, I never got bored or anything like that. So, yeah, thumbs up. This is probably probably the best one that you have given me so far. Cool. Uh, cool. The the second, second one being How High, <laughs> strangely enough. <laughs> <laughs> which was probably the one I had the lowest amount of hopes for. But right. yeah, yeah. Cool. So cool. Thank you. 
Cool. Well, yeah, glad you definitely like it. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it in many, many years. I don't even remember all of the elements of it. I, I probably need to rewatch it again. I don't own it or anything like that, but I do remember liking it. Uh, but, you know, I, I like mobster movies as well. Even for me, it's not in my upper echelon of necessarily Michael Mann, but it's not even in the upper echelon for like the mobster movies that I really love. Um, Untouchables is not my favorite, but I would put that kind of in the same vein as this one, but I would put that a, a higher than this one, obviously. So, um, uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely, uh, definitely a good one though. So I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. Cool. Make them uh, keep keep it up. Keep it up. No more transporter threes, okay? <laughs> hey man, it depends on the year, man. It depends on what you've seen <laughs> or, yeah. or haven't seen, I guess. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, some years are some years are, are easier than others. Yeah. And you presented me with a challenge film as well. Uh, which is uh, Coraline, which, you know, I haven't really seen uh, or hadn't seen, obviously. Um, you know, I, I don't see, I don't see a lot of, I guess, animated films. I feel like I don't anyways. I see enough, but I don't see all of them. I don't see every one that comes out, I guess, apparently. So, because uh, this one I hadn't seen, but it's one that I've heard of over the years, of course. And I always heard that it was really, really good. Um, so clearly, uh, most people probably have seen Coraline, um, but clearly Coraline is, you know, kind of a animated horror film, I guess, if you will. Um, so basically Coraline's the main character. Uh, so she basically, the family moves from, uh, I don't know, like Detroit or something like that. And they move to like a new city and they move into this new house with this new, like, you know, this new house. It's kind of like a, or it's like an apartment kind of house where there's like other people that live like upstairs and live downstairs. And I don't know what they call those houses, but I know like East coast down South, they have places like that where it's like kind of like a, like a boarding house kind of, I guess, if you will. Um, and they live kind of like in the middle floor. And so she has like some weird, strange neighbors. And then there's also like this doorway in her house. And uh, she's got so back up a little bit. So she's been kind of like us having some issues being in her new city and new town and, you know, doesn't have a lot of friends yet. I don't think she, she hasn't started school yet. And, um, and her parents just pretty much haven't really been paying that much attention to her because they've been busy like with their new job in the new city working. So they've been on their computers all day. And so she's been feeling, I guess, somewhat neglected, I guess, if you will. And so she finds like this doorway um, in the house where, with a key. And basically when you open up the doorway, it leads to like this like portal, if you will, to like this alternate universe that she goes into where her parents are there, but they're like, you know, really caring, really kind. They're all about her. Um, you know, they make her her favorite meals. You know, things are like, you know, there's it's like magical. There's like magical things are happening there. And so she just really, really loves it. Um, and everything's great. And then at some point she starts realizing that things may not be what they seem, you know, over in her, her new place. And, you know, and she kind of sort of gets herself kind of like stuck over there basically. Um, and it kind of goes from there. There's more to the story than that, but obviously if you haven't seen that, I don't want to go into too much or too in depth with spoilers or anything like that, but that's basically the gist of it. Um, is it her basically being caught between basically two households where one is her real family and the other is kind of like an alternate universe family, um, that at first are, you know, very kind and, you know, loving and caring, but at some point she starts seeing that they have some flaws as well in her, her alternate universe family, basically. And it kind of goes from there, basically, like I said. Um, yeah, overall, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I didn't necessarily love it. It wasn't, you know, 
you know, my, my, my favorite animated feature or anything like that. It definitely doesn't compare to some of them, you know, some of the, the bigger ones. In fact, one will be in the countdown here. Um, some of the bigger animated features that, that I enjoy, but I, I didn't dislike it or anything like that. I, I thought it was okay. Um, it's a little, <clears throat> you know, it, it's a, it's a darker animated feature, so it may not be for, for everybody. Um, you know, uh, but you know, overall I thought, it, I thought it was decent. Um, I didn't necessarily, like I said, I didn't go crazy over it, but I, I, I thought it was, it was a decent animated feature. It won't be one of my, one of the staples like Wally or anything like that for me, but, um, I thought it was decent. So. Cool. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I, I went to it with, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have, you know, I, I, I don't think I had any much expectations at all when I went to see it. I mean, I didn't think it looked bad or good really. I just went to see it. Um, and it really, it really surprised me. I really liked it. It was very, I think the animation, the mixture of the CGI and the stop motion, you know, I love that stop motion animation because it looks like something real. It's, it's tactile, you know, it's, it, it is something real that's being moved. Um, and I, I was definitely, I was surprised by how dark it got for sure. I mean, you it know, is definitely dark for animated feature. I will give you that. So yeah, it really pushes the PG I'd say in some ways. And, and the fact that, you know, ultimately you know the the villains and the villain in the movie is is out to take you know her eyeballs and that's not that's not something that you would find in a in a g-rated movie that's for sure and yeah or the end of the movie when like the the other you know the other place that initially looked so beautiful and you know everything her all her wishes were being granted when when that world starts to like crumble and decay it gets like really there's some really creepy imagery in there so yeah Cool. I love that movie. Glad you enjoyed it. Yes. Um, like I said, we're not doing the faces on these, but just, I guess, the overall grade you would give um, uh, Public Enemies? I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Solid B. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to go a little bit lower on Coraline. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, so, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I didn't have any major faults with it. Just didn't do anything special for me, I guess, if you will. But uh, I thought, I thought it overall, it was, it was a good, uh, a good fun film, and um, you know, definitely one that I know. I, I don't know that necessarily I'll watch it every year. I know that some of the kids in the house like it, so they they may watch it. Um, so, but um, um, and they've seen it before. Um, I think I, I think I'm the only one in the house that hasn't seen it. So. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, definitely one that, you know, if you, cause they're maybe a little older and you haven't seen it, they, they may be interested in it for like a Halloween type thing or, um, and it might actually play as a, you know, a, a good Halloween film as well. So yeah. Oh, for sure. I think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, with that said, let's get into our real, uh, top 10 for, uh, 2009. I'll have you go ahead and kick it off with your number 10 film of 2009. Sure. Uh, my number 10 film is, the road so this is a movie uh it's a post-apocalyptic movie uh starring vigo mortensen uh as and uh cody smith mcphee as his uh son and basically it takes place um after some sort of cataclysmic event and after i really like 2020 election <laughs> yeah yeah it takes place uh tomorrow <laughs> now um yeah, it, it takes place after some kind of cataclysmic event, and I like the fact that they never really, they never specify what exactly happened. But something has happened, whether it's like a nuclear bomb or who knows, that has basically uh, ended modern society. You know, it's mostly just people, uh, scavengers out there. Uh, so he is, uh, he 
he's he's a father to this boy, and they're they're basically trying to make it to a safe place. And that's really the whole story. I mean, like the whole story is in the title. It's the road. It's it's they're trying to get from here where they're at now to somewhere safe. And there's in between. There's uh, there's good people and bad people. Uh, bad people mostly being cannibals. <laughs> uh, so, um, but yeah, it's it's a really it's a really strong movie. I think it's it's a very dark, but it's it's not it's not entirely bleak. I mean, people. I see. It seems like when this movie came out, they just people wanted to say it was like the most bleak movie imaginable, but I, I don't think so. I think there, there are, there are rays of sunshine in this movie. Uh, but it's, it's a really good movie. It's a good thriller. It's a good drama. It's a good father son movie. It's a good post-apocalyptic movie. Um, it's, it's just a really good movie, I think. So that's my number 10, the road. All right. Uh, wasn't this higher for you in recent before this, or was it always number 10? Um, I don't know for sure. I don't I know. Or do you like that film a lot more than number ten in the past? So I, I, oh, I, like, I liked a lot of movies that year, so that's not like a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like a lot of movies every year, though. I guess so. <laughs> so I don't um, think it was ever top five. So it would have always been in this half of the top ten. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, you know, you showed me this one to me. It, to me, it was pretty bleak and dark. It just, I don't know. I didn't get a whole lot of joy out of it. And I think we talked about it in another show. There was another film that we were talking about that I thought was a little bleak and post-apocalyptic. I can't remember what it was, though. And I was referencing this one being more bleak than that one was. Um, so I don't know. It just, it just wasn't any fun to me. So, um, you know, when I'm watching something, I'm, you know... It doesn't always have to be, you know, happy-go-lucky or anything like that. And there is some action, I guess, if you will. But it, it felt really – it did feel really bleak to me. So I, I kind of disagree with you on that. I think that the people that said it was bleak, I think that they were right on the money on that, in my opinion. It just, it just you know, it felt like a film that really didn't have a lot of hope, per se. You could argue, not getting to spoilers, that maybe there was some hope. But it, it just felt bleak from the beginning to end. It's just – basically a father and son in this world where, like you said, there's just cannibals. There's no real, you know, Oh, children of men. That was the other one I was thinking of, but that was oh, kind yeah. of, a, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there's just no real hope um, for anything is basically just trying to stay alive. Basically is the whole film. I mean, that's, that's a pretty bleak outlook. <laughs> so, sure. um, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I disagree that that is not, very bleak. I think, I think it is very bleak and I don't know. It's just, it just wasn't fun for me. It just, this is not a film that I would personally revisit. I just don't, I didn't get enough out of it to really revisit it, but yeah, but cool. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not bleak. It's definitely a bleak movie, but I have definitely seen movies that are, that are, that have less sunshine than this one. Trust me. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's always, yeah. you can always go more bleak, of course, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, this one's definitely in the very bleak category, in my opinion. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, cool. Well, good choice, I guess. Yeah, oh, I know. Not for me, but for you, uh, you know, if that's what you like, that's what you like. <laughs> uh, my number 10, I actually don't own, so I'm going to bring it in, and it is a comedy, which is going to be I Love You Man. So, um, so, oh, thanks, Pierre. Uh, I love you too. <laughs> right. Um, um, so, yeah, it stars uh, Paul Rudd um, and uh, Jason Siegel. Um, this one, I don't, I haven't seen it in many years, but basically, uh, Paul Rudd is is kind of getting uh, married, um, and he doesn't have a lot of male friends. I guess um, this is the right one, right? 
Mm-hmm. You're looking at me like I'm yeah. like, not saying something right. Okay, yeah. So he's getting married. He doesn't have a lot of male friends. And uh, his uh, fiance is like, well, you need like a best man or something of that nature. So he basically kind of goes out to find essentially kind of like a best man who he thinks might be Jason Siegel. And they kind of hang out and they, they're into the same like bands and they're kind of into the same stuff. And they kind of like doing the same stuff. So it's kind of a comedy in that regard. Um, there's obviously more layers to it than just that. Uh, but it was a film that I found very funny back when I saw it. I don't think I've seen it since it was in theaters, but definitely one that I remember being very funny and laughed quite a bit. Um, and that's my number 10. I love you, man. Yeah. What I was, the, the look on my face maybe was I was looking at that poster and they both look so young in that, in that poster. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, wow. Oh, I feel like Rudd never ages. He's like one of those. That's true. He only looks about two years older than that now. Yeah. 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 I always feel like he, he never ages in my opinion. Like, you know, cause you know, I always forget he was in Clueless, you know, back in like, Oh, I know, man. I'm like, wait, he was in there like, like, like years ago, you know what I mean? So, but, um, but yeah, Yeah. you never know. But it's like also in Clueless was, was, uh, Stacey Dash who was playing like a high schooler in that film, whereas year before she was in Strictly Business playing like a businesswoman. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was just one of those things, you know. So, you, yeah. you never know. So, yeah. But yeah, okay. no, I like that movie. I like that movie. I also haven't seen it um, in a long time, but yeah. uh, I like it a lot. And it's got a, you know, a cameo by one of my favorite bands, Rush. So, you know, it gets, you know, Four and a half stars just for that. So no, not really. But uh, you know, so, it's it's you know about slapping the bass. So <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it's a good movie. Not my top ten, but it's a good movie. Cool. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine for me is Adventureland. So this is um, I'm I'm a sucker for um, coming of age movies. I love coming of age movies, movies about like teenagers, you know, early twenties growing up. And on top of that, this one is set in the eighties. So that's kind of like my sweet spot, like coming of age movies set in the eighties, which means it's got this great, awesome eighties soundtrack. And not all, in this case, not all the predictable eighties songs. It's got a really good soundtrack, a really uh, impressively curated soundtrack. Um, so, uh, you know, the only way it could have been better is if it was a horror movie for me. So no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's a really good, it's a good movie. It stars uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, funny enough, this movie came out the same year as Zombieland, uh, which also starred Jesse Eisenberg. Um, and it's got uh, Kristen Stewart, Ryan Reynolds in a supporting role before Ryan Reynolds was Ryan Reynolds. Um, Bill Hader's in this movie, Kristen Vig. Uh, so it's just a really good movie about a guy uh, with a summer job at an amusement park. Uh, another thing I love, amusement parks. So this movie is just a lot of things that I like, but I also just think it's a really good, really well-written, funny, uh, coming-of-age movie set in the 80s in an amusement park. There's no way I wasn't going to love this, but I think it's really good. So uh, number nine for me is Adventureland. Cool. Yeah, I like Adventureland. It's a good film. Um, it didn't make my top 10 or honorable mentions, but I, I definitely remember liking it quite a bit. Another one that I haven't seen since 2009, um, but I probably, but um, but I obviously had a better memory of I Love You Man being funnier. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, 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 not a bad choice. Cool. Oh, I know. Not, not number nine of the year. <laughs> Which is? Which is Up. Oh, yeah. Up. 
Yeah. So <laughs> Up is another really, really, really good animated feature that I really liked. Uh, like I said, the one I was kind of alluding to uh, with Coraline, obviously Up was the probably the more the more well-known one, the bigger one of, 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 of those oh, yeah. of those two. Uh, but yeah, I, I just love Up. It's it's a really, really good animated feature. It's fun. It's funny. Uh, it's got a really great story. It's got a lot of scary parts in it as well. This is another one that kind of pushes the kind of boundaries. And not only scary parts, it's got a lot of some sad parts in it also. So, um, so definitely another one that really pushes the boundaries for um, – recommending it for like young children you know what i mean because it's got a lot it deals with like death it deals with you know some some scary like you know uh you know vicious dogs and and, and that sort of stuff and um but um you know very creepy scary old man and you know what i mean so it's got a lot of um um it's got a lot of story to it but it's got a lot of heart as well um and you know i, I definitely enjoyed it so it's just uh, one of my like so one of my favorite animated features and i'm not a really big animated feature person per se um it's not really my my wheelhouse but um but when they're really good they're just really good and this is this is one that's really really good for me so uh number nine for me is up oh yeah up is great um it's actually going to figure into my top five in the next show so um yeah it's i think like we talked about in the previous year or the year before that i can't remember but uh it's pretty much neck and neck with wally for yeah. me as my favorite pixar movie so yeah um Wally was number for me. It was number ten, and this one's for that year. And this one was number nine. But I, I do like Up just a little bit more. Um, maybe just because it's got a little bit more dialogue. I guess I don't know. Maybe I don't know if that's why. Not that the dialogue, the lack of dialogue, bother me in Wally. But um, I don't know. I'll take dialogue over no dialogue. I guess. But both are really, really good animated films for sure. And for definitely sure. both are in, the, are in the, my tops. So um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Number yeah. eight. Cool. Uh, number eight for me is Drag Me to Hell. So this was Sam Raimi's uh, celebrated uh, return to the horror genre. Of course, Sam Raimi got famous making uh, the Evil Dead films. Um, and then from there on moved into, uh, you know, like Spider-Man movies. Uh, basically, this was, uh, and I have nothing wrong against the first two Spider-Man movies. They're good. But as a horror fan, as an Evil Dead fan, it felt so good for him to get back into just like the all out horror uh, genre again. And I think this is just a really great, uh, like kind of a morality tale. You know, it's kind of one of those stories like, uh, you know, like you would find like a shorter version on Tales from the Crypt or something like that. Right. Or the, mortuary, or the mortuary uh, collection, which we re reviewed um, in a previous show. Yeah. Right. Right. It sets you up with the character. Uh, who does something that they probably shouldn't have done and then they pay the price for it. Right. Now, uh, movies and stories, they, they always, uh, they always, they always, they always twist like how sympathetic the person is supposed to be or not. In this case, I actually find the protagonist pretty sympathetic. You know, I kind of understand her reasons. Which yeah, she, wasn't, she wasn't a bad person. You know what I mean? She, she right. maybe did something she shouldn't have I can't even say shouldn't have done. It probably actually right. technically was the right thing to do what she did, but it yeah. had consequences, unfortunately. So maybe, right. maybe it was the way that she did it. You know what I mean? So, but, um, but you know, she, she did what probably in any job or whatever with those circumstances, anybody reasonable would have done, you know what I mean? So probably, probably. Yeah. 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 So, and you know, in, in this case, uh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get into the story, um, but uh it's just a really entertaining movie. It's funny. 
It's scary. Um, for you know, people always hate on uh, PG thirteen rated horror movies, but there are some really really good ones. Like this yeah, one. This one's, this one's really scary in parts for a PG thirteen film for sure. Yeah, same with The Ring. I mean, The Ring is terrifying, and it's PG thirteen. Oh yeah, that's know? one. That, that movie scares the heck out of me, man. I, I've you know, I you know, I'm still you know. I still like, I mean, I still, I've watched it again a few times, obviously, and I own it, but The Ring is also one where I'm like, oh, oh man, this is, <laughs> turn some lights on on here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be R-rated to be, to be scary. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely not. It's definitely scary, and it's, it retains, uh, you know, Sam Raimi getting back into that kind of slapstick horror, dark comedy, too, at the same time. So, um, right. yeah, I love this movie. Uh, definitely a good one to watch anytime, but especially around Halloween. Yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love Drag Me to Hell as well. It just missed my top 10. It's going to be my honorable mentions. Um, it, it probably would have been in my top 10 in previous years. I did rewatch it recently, and I don't know, maybe it was kind of weighted. I watched it with like the five people, or including myself, total of five people here in the house, and everybody else hated it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, they all hated it. They all thought it wasn't funny. They thought it wasn't scary. They all thought it was just dumb. Um, and so I don't know, that probably weighted it down for me. Cause when you're watching something that clearly everybody else around you hates, I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, um, but yeah, it, it, like I said, it just missed my top 10. I still, I still really like it, but I, I and I couldn't disagree with some of the, the faults they had with the film. There, there are some areas that, you know, I, I couldn't necessarily disagree with, but, um, but definitely liked it. So, uh, but good choice. Still own it. So I own it as well. So just to, just missed my top 10 is all. Yeah. Um, my number one eight, right? Yeah, yep. my number eight is a horror film, also, um, and this is a horror film that actually is G-rated. Um, that uh, that is really really scary, um, and it's going to be uh, Last House on the Left. Yeah, This one is definitely R-rated. Actually, actually, this one says not rated. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this one actually, this is like the director's cut. This is the unrated uh, director's cut, actually. Um, so Last House on the Left is, I believe it's a remake, actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, was that? Uh, the original is Wes Craven movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's a remake. Um, basically, the story of The Last House on the Left is basically about um, a family that's going to like their vacation home um, that's off of a lake someplace. Um, and uh, uh, the daughter is like a teenager. Um, she basically kind of gets mixed up with this like escaped like convict and their clan, basically. She ends up like like befriending this boy whose father just happens to be an escaped convict killer, basically. And, um, you know, turn of events happen and there's a lot of things that happen. And at some point, you know, something happens to the girl. Um, there's a you know terrible storm. And uh, the, the basically the, the ex-cons, if you will, I don't want to go too much into the story. So it's kind of hard to explain without giving too much away, I guess. Um, I'll just leave it at that. It's basically, basically about uh, uh, a girl that kind of gets mixed up with like this, this like ex-con and psycho killer family, basically. Let's put it that way. So um, it's a very, very uh, graphic and very violent film. Um, I learned the hard way that this isn't a film for, for everybody because um, he showed it uh, to uh, my, my fiance and she hated it um, because of uh, there are certain scenes in there that uh, definitely aren't for everybody. And I didn't remember those scenes specifically. I remember some of the scenes, but there's definitely some scenes in there that are not for, for everybody for sure. So um, so it's hard one to like recommend for everybody, but I, I definitely enjoy it. And it's a really, really good 
uh, revenge film, I guess, if you will. So, so if you're into that and you can, you know, stomach some uh, gruesome things and stomach uh, 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 some very touchy subjects that happen to the girls, particularly in the film, if you can get past that, then, then it's definitely a film that you might enjoy and love. So that is number eight, Last House on the Left. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really like Last House on the Left. Um, it's it didn't make my top ten, but it's definitely in the runner-ups. Um, and I know this is kind of like blasphemy for some horror fans, but um, I actually, because I mean, the original Wes Craven movie is kind of is, is regarded as a classic, and it is a very good movie. But um, I actually, this is one of the cases where I actually prefer the remake. I think the remake's a better movie. Um, I don't know if I've seen the original actually. So yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. But I, you know, it's not perfect, you know? Um, uh, but, uh, I lost my train of thought, but, uh, yeah, it's a really good movie. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a revenge movie. It's a home invasion movie. It's just a really tense, tense thriller. And I really like, you know, movies that really like, you know, put the, put the screws to you, I guess you could say, you know what I mean? Like it makes you on the edge of your seat, like the whole time, like gripping the armrest. So it's definitely that kind of movie. Um, but it also, um, you know, it's got some entertainment value too. Like, I know what you're talking about. Like it, it's, you know, there, there is a pretty graphic rape scene, you know, and that's, people should know that going in, you right. know, but, uh, if you can, if you can roll with that, um, you know, uh, it has, some, it has some entertainment value as a tense thriller. I just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Moving <laughs> on. <to> number seven. <laughs> yeah. Um, number seven for me is another horror film. Uh, and that is, uh, the house of the devil. So I love this movie. Uh, it is very, uh, it's a, it's a movie that is made. And a lot of movies do this now. Uh, but this was kind of unique back in 2009 is to make a movie that, uh, consciously looks like an older movie. And I know grindhouse got there a little bit first, but, uh, this movie is definitely made to resemble a movie from the seventies about this, uh, this woman who goes to a house in the middle of nowhere, answering a, uh, a babysitting ad, um, to, you know, per, you know, do a, a babysitting job at this house in the middle of nowhere. And the people who live there are very, very strange. And they proceed to leave her alone in this house, uh, where a lot of creepy things start to happen when they leave. So, um, it's my kind of movie. It's my kind of movie because it is a, uh, it is just a gradual increase of tension throughout the movie. Uh, I love the style. I love the music in it. Uh, it is really creepy. Um, and it is, uh, just a really good low key, um, suspenseful old fashioned, uh, kind of not really a haunted house movie, but, uh, you know, definitely a creepy house movie. Uh, and that's my kind of my cup of tea for sure. So, my number seven is the house of the devil. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I think you showed this one to me as well. Um, I didn't remember Karen Foreign as much as you did. Um, I thought it was okay, but, um, but yeah, it seems like more like he's a more your weird house uh, for types of films. Another film that I don't know if everybody's going to jive as much as you did. Um, but um, yeah. So, only the people uh, with good taste, you know, I guess you're the only one with good taste, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, d not one that I love, but yeah, just yeah, they're uh, they're more entertaining horror films for me. So that's all. Yeah. But cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make my top ten or honorable mentions or anything. Clearly, so yeah. or not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. 
my number seven is in my wheelhouse, which is action. And my number seven is going to be Ninja Assassin, which is almost a horror movie, to be honest with you. I mean, it is just the bloodletting in this film is just top to bottom crazy. Um, so basically, it's about a... a um, so this is the main character, really, but it's basically about uh, kind of more about a, a girl that is uh, trying to uh, she's hurt. She hears about this underground, uh, basically ninja clan, basically, that is actually like doing like hit jobs for people. Um, nobody's ever seen what they look like. Nobody's ever caught them on film or camera or anything like that because they're ninjas. And so she basically starts to do some research on it and tries to figure out exactly what, you know, what these people are and tries to get in close. And as she's trying to find out about them, they find out about her, and now her life is basically kind of in danger. And the main character, uh, I guess, is like kind of an ex-member of that clan and has been basically uh, fighting these ninjas and basically been killing them kind of thing. Uh, it is a very, very violent film. I mean, it is violent. We're talking like, you know, heads getting cut off and just bloodletting and just all kinds of crazy stuff. But the fight scenes are just top-notch the action is top-notch um you know it's the kind of film that you know doesn't really let up a lot um in the action there's a little bit of story but you're basically just waiting for the next like uh you know kick-ass you know fight fight scene basically um i love it I, it's just a really really good film i enjoy it quite a bit um like i said if you're a big fan of action like i'm a fan of action then this is definitely one that i urge you to check out it is uh it, even the very first scene you're gonna be like okay i'm in <laughs> I'm, in. I'm interested in this. Um, so yeah, that is my number seven, Ninja Assassin. Cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, the only thing I remember about that movie is that I liked it. That's it. I don't remember anything else. I've only seen it the once, and I think I saw it with you in 2009. Probably. Um, I don't know. It didn't. It must have not lingered in my memory too long. But I definitely remember, like you know, a lot of uh, really insane moments. I don't yeah. remember what any of those moments were, but I remember there were a lot of insane moments. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah, I saw it recently. It's probably in the last year or so. Um, I think I actually showed it. I actually showed it to my son. He's a teenager, so it's it's fun. But yeah, it, it's like I said, it, it's so violent. It's almost a horror movie, like how yeah. violent it is. So that that's all I'm going to say about that. So being in something like that, then, then you're good to go. So. Cool. Cool. Number six. Number six for me is a serious man. So this is, uh, you know, uh, if you've been paying attention, you know I'm a big fan of the Coen brothers. So Joel and, Ethan, Joel and Ethan Coen. Uh, this is one of their lesser known movies. Um, it's definitely one of their less mainstream friendly movies. You know, like uh, it's probably not for you, in other words, you know, because you, uh, you're, you're already kind of mixed on the Coen brothers anyway. But definitely not when they are definitely uh, as Coen Brothers-y as they can get, which is this movie, for sure. So it is set in the, uh, the late 60s, uh, and it centers around this guy. Uh, um, what's his name again? Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah, you recognize him. He's been in a lot of things. But he's basically going through a midlife crisis. His wife is cheating on him with his best friend. Uh, his kids won't listen to anything he says. Uh, he's basically going through a midlife crisis. And he goes to three different rabbis um, to get their advice and see where that leads him. And it's it's pretty dark, but it's definitely funny. Um, and it's got a lot of, you know, like like if you're a Coen Brothers fan, you've probably seen this. If you haven't, then I would definitely recommend it because it 
it's got their their particular blend of uh, comedy with uh, drama with kind of a weird weird kind of vibe. So I'm a big fan of it. Uh, even even some of the hardcore Coen Brothers fans don't really like that one, but I I think it's great. So that's my number five or six. Uh, a serious man. Cool. Yeah. Obviously, I uh, haven't seen it. Um, doesn't sound like one that I'm gonna probably seek out anytime soon for sure. Um, but yeah, cool. Cool. Yeah, I just like I said, they're they're kind of hit or miss for me. I I you know either like their films or I don't. Um, it's it's pretty much you know for with me. Um, like I said, they 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 definitely have a very distinctive style. Um, so when they're on, they're on. They're really really good. But I've seen enough to know that I don't like everything that they do. So for sure. But cool. Yeah. Uh, my number six is going in a completely different direction of comedy again, and it is going to be uh, very popular, The Hangover. Um, so probably one of the biggest, highest grossing comedies of all time. Um, it made like a gazillion dollars at the box office. Everybody and their grandma has seen The Hangover. If you, if you haven't, basic story is about, you know, four guys that head off to basically Vegas for um, uh, a bachelor party in Vegas, basically. Um, they have a night of debauchery and they all basically don't remember anything the next day or what happened that night. And they're, uh, the, the bachelor, the, the, the gentleman, the one that's getting married is missing. <laughs> they have no clue where he's at. And so basically the story just kind of follows a series of stories about all the events that they took, that took place that night. Um, so they have to like kind of retrace their stuff based on clues that they have from the night, like hotel receipts or things of that nature. And, um, and you know, they, you know, they, they find all kinds of stuff. They, there's a, like a tiger in their, in their bathroom. There's a baby there, uh, their car that they have valeted as a cop car. And, you know, and you just already know the story is going to be crazy from there. And so it's just a really, really funny film. Um, like I said, most people have seen it. It's got some great cameos in it. One in particular, um, and uh, with, of a boxer, uh, most people probably already know that's that cameo at this point. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen the hangover, definitely one I recommend it's, Super, super funny, and just a just a really, really good film. Just breeds us by real easy. So, number six for me is The Hangover. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of The Hangover. I remember I went to see it when everybody was flipping out about it, and I thought it was all right. Like, uh, it was all right. It was like it didn't it didn't make me laugh all that much. I mean, I love the concept. The concept's great. It's kind of like a like a like a Com comedy version of a memento almost just kind of walking walking the story backwards you know and i really like that idea you know i like the people in the cast but uh yeah that's, that's just not one that ever stuck with me really so i'm on the uh slightly the minority on that one for sure yeah well it's it's overrated i think but uh you know i didn't hate it it was all right i never saw the second or third ones so yeah i don't know how those are I like the second one. I don't remember anything about the third one, though. So, well, I don't remember anything about the first one. So, well, again, you're in the minority on that one for sure. Okay. Hey, different for different folks. You know, you you like a serious man, and everybody else loves The Hangover. So, cool. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I'm okay with that as well. Okay. Cool. Well, that is our bottom half of our top 10 for 2009. Um, obviously, if there are some films that you love from 2009 that we haven't mentioned, well, come back for the next show. We have our top five, and then we also have our honorable mentions as well. And as always, we like to remind you that our honorable mentions are um, 
they're good. We like our honorable mentions. You know what I mean? So yeah, any I mean Jason always has like 30 of them and I have five, but we we definitely like those as well. So you know I'm working not, on that. I'm working on that. We're not discounting it by saying that it's honorable mention, you know what I mean? Like like it's not that good. We're saying because I own most of the films that are in my honorable mention. In fact, like I don't own I Love You Man, it was my number 10, but like Drag Me to Hell will be in my honorable mentions and I own that. So yeah, just go figure. But cool. Well, we thank you guys for watching. Um, obviously, uh, if you like the, the review, leave some comments on, on these films down in the comment section. Uh, of course, like, subscribe, and then make sure you hit that bell notification so you don't miss any of our updates. And we'll be back again soon with the second half of our show and some more shows for you in the future as well. We hope you have a great day, and we'll see you guys again real soon. Bye. Bye.